What if it's not too late? What if you truly can retire confidently? I'm Telton W. Hall, certified financial planner and best-selling author of The Secure Solution, creating a high-quality retirement in a low-interest rate world. My team and I have engaged in thousands of retirement planning sessions with middle and upper middle class Americans, people like you with their own unique fears and families and their own messes and their own successes. And they have done just that, retired confidently. If you're willing to go with me, I can tell you how. It's story time. Let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast this week. Thank you for joining me. I'll tell you what, I've been excited for weeks now because I have a guest with me on the podcast today that I just I just can't wait for you to get even a, a sliver, just an inkling of the brilliant brain that is inside of my friend, Neil Williams. Thanks for joining me today, Neil. <laughs> Thanks, Telton. Man, how do I follow that intro? <laughs> well, just start talking and everybody will know, whoa, this lady is smart. So let me give you the quick, I'll give you, I'll give you my version of Neil as, as I have gotten to know her. Number one, we really get along because we're both geeks in, 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 in this field. She was an actuary, right? Yes. So anybody that can spend time, you got to be smart and you just have to love the details. So corporate world doing actuarial work. And now if I were to describe Neil, she's a mom and a wife. She's a master certified life coach and she's a successful entrepreneur. And I love it, which is what makes her when I think about, I want to do a podcast for folks that are even thinking about starting a business or ramping up a business that they have. I think it just makes her such a great business coach. And so super delighted to have her that the framework here is it's the beginning of the year. Lots of folks that either have, or have been thinking about ramping up a a business, you know, a lot of times like a side business or trying to transition from a side business to a full-time business. This is when they start setting those goals and they start thinking about it. So I wanted to to spend some time with Neil to cover those things. And frankly, it's a great source of additional revenue that you can put towards your confident retirement. Of course, that's going to be another right. line <laughs> in your retire confidently program in that, in that spreadsheet that you build, you'll have a line to say additional funds that are coming from the business that you'll be able to save. So, all right, I've talked long enough here. What what did I miss, do you think, Neil, on your on your introduction? Because I totally just gave them my version of the intro. No, I think you pretty much hit on everything. I think the one thing that's going to be interesting, and some people are going to be thinking that maybe a little bit clickbaity or gimmicky, is the way that I've been able to build my business, which is in about 10 hours per week. And that's now what I teach other people to do. For many reasons, number one, because I think time shouldn't preclude someone from being able to create a business that they want or from being a part of entrepreneurship. And number two, because I think we have a really warped perception of what it takes, how many hours it really takes to be successful in this country. And I'd like to be a part of changing that conversation and that belief system around work and success. I love it. And I love the idea that even my own mentality could change even more. I mean, I've had to go through my own 
decisions about what I believe and where value comes from in order to to make a lot of money, this whole concept as well, just work harder, work longer, that yeah. kind of thing. And that if there's a different paradigm, then we want to be part of that. We want to understand that for sure. So start with your journey to kind of walk us through like, <laughs> you know, where, where you came from, what, right. what corporate life was like, and then how you ended up here just so that readers can get, get a feel for your experience. So like you said, I'm an actuary. And if your listeners don't know what that is, Google it. <laughs> it's a weirdo numbers job. I feel like every time I talk to somebody or I did about that profession, it was like, I love friends. So I just like envision myself as Chandler Bing when nobody knew what he did. <laughs> like they just could not figure it out. That's kind of like what it felt like to be an actuary. But I was specifically an actuary in the retirement world. So I spent a lot of time with folks like you, Telton, talking to financial planners and CPAs and all, you know, that whole gamut. So I was in that world as I am one of those high achieving kind of humans, always pushing myself, you know, I was climbing the corporate ladder, uh, had a plan for making partnership, all the things. And I had a child (laughs) and (laughs) that can change things that changed everything for me. Right. In ways that I never even anticipated. I always thought, oh yeah, I could still like, I I was so stubborn. People tell me this, like, it's going to change your life. It's going to change your life. And I'm like, no, you're wrong. Of course they were right. It totally changed me. And I was working a lot. I was working 60 hours per week, sometimes more than that. We had different seasons um, that were regulated and created kind of busy seasons, just like for CPAs. And I found myself working a lot of hours and I was missing out on the momming that I really wanted to be doing. And I decided that I needed to make a change. And I did not want to leave my job at that point. I just didn't want to be working as many hours in it. But I also was pretty stubborn because I didn't want to take a cut in pay. And those were really the options that were laid out for me. <laughs> and I was like, like no. I, don't, I have no good options here. <laughs> That's right. None of those work for me. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to create my own option here, which is I'm going to still get, I'm still going to produce at the same level. I'm just not going to spend as many hours doing it. So I reduced that work week back from like 60 to about 40 which was so huge. It was like mind blowing that I figured out how to do that. And then I was like, all right, I feel like there's still more here. So I reduced it back further to even 30 hours. And then what I did is I freed up about 10 hours of time for me to build my own business on the side, which is kind of like where I was, had an interest in, but I didn't want to add something to my plate that was going to take more time around away from my family and other things I want to do in my life. So I created the space for it, that 10 hours by reducing my work week back. So that's kind of like where I got started on this. And then what was really interesting, it took me a while to figure out business because it's so different to be an entrepreneur and be in charge and responsible for your own business than it is to be an employee in somebody else's business. It just takes a whole different mindset. And so that took me a little bit of time, but in my second year of business, I was able to create 210,000 working that 10 hours per week. And then I was like, okay, I think I'm on to something here. Oh, and yeah. so <laughs> the next year I created $350,000 and I was like, okay, I think I'm done with my corporate job now, left that. And then now I'm full-time on my own. What a great story. I love it. Yeah. There's so much there that that piques my interest. Let's 
Let's start with the mental shift or the paradigm shift that had to happen in your brain to even start to think, oh, I could accomplish the same thing I'm doing now, but I could do that in 40 hours a week and then later 30 hours a week versus 60 hours a week. I want to believe that. I think listeners want to believe that. Like, Not only do we certainly believe you're telling the truth, but we actually want to believe that that could be possible in some of some parts of our life. But at least me, it's like, oh, well, I like that idea. I even believe that idea for Neil, but I'm not sure I believe it for me. Just talk me through some of that paradigm shift that you went through that allowed you, while still in corporate world, to start to fine tune your time and the result that you were still putting out there. So it really had to do where I started like looking at how I was really using my time And I read this study from, I think Harvard did this study and they actually analyzed, I can't remember the total numbers. I'll get the numbers totally mixed up, but something like hundreds or maybe even thousands of people that were in the corporate world. And they were looking at the amount of time they were spending working versus the amount of time they were actually using to get things done, to actually accomplish work. And out of a typical 40-hour work week, 12 of those hours were being used to get their work done. And I was like, wait. Wow. So you're telling me if I cut out all that fluff, I'm going to be able to save so many hours. So I started just really looking at where am I wasting time? And some of the things that I noticed was I was spending a lot of time thinking about what I was going to do versus spending time just doing the thing and getting it done. So that's the first place I started. And the way that I eliminated all that thinking about what to do time was I just started planning my time out. Just like we would like meal plan or plan for a trip or anything else. I decided ahead of time what I was going to get accomplished that week. And I also decided how long I was going to give myself to get those things done. And so it's a very different way to think about time because instead of thinking like it just takes a certain amount of time to do something, I decided to to take control of that decision and then follow through with what I told myself I was going to get done. So for instance, I some of the like tangible things that I did, like email, you could get sucked into your email and spend two hours in your email a day easily, right? And so I was like, nope, that's not a good use of my time. That's not a high value producing activity. So I'd give myself 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes in the afternoon. I had to clear out my inbox in those times. Wow. So what happened (laughs) when you got to it? I would think the first two or three times you did that, or maybe the first 10 or 20 times you did that. What happened at the end of 30 minutes if you hadn't cleared it out? I was like, well, I got to figure that out. Right. So that was, that was like, okay, what can I do to make this faster? And so What you do is you start to learn and you innovate within your own role and you figure out efficiencies that you didn't see before. So I was like, okay, well, some of these are kind of like the same question. So I'm just going to start like a templated response for some of these things that I get as questions. And so that would say like copy, paste, (laughs) copy, paste, right? Right. So that's a lot faster than typing it all out. So just some of those little things. I started to like employ. So that's in terms of like email inboxes. But then one of the other things that was really a big time suck for me was handling my team. So I was also a manager. Again, remind like I'm on my path on path to partner. I actually ended up 
making partner and then I left. Wow. <laughs> um, That's a big deal. It's a it huge deal. It really is. So as I'm doing this, I'm still climbing and achieving partner status, but I managed a big team. And so a lot of my time was spent on handling my team's problems. And so some of the things that I did was I set office hours and I was like, okay, you can come talk to me, but during this time, this is your specific time. Because otherwise they're just dropping in all the time and then you're distracted and then it takes you 10 minutes to get back into the thing that you were going to do. And I was just was like noticing all the ways that my time was really just being like slipping through the cracks and I was trying to plug those cracks. So I did that and then I was, I had very specific times that I reviewed their work. That was another big chunk of my time was reviewing their work. Yep. And so I told them, I was like, okay, I'm reviewing on Tuesdays and Thursdays. If you want me to review this, you have to have it in by Monday and a day, and I'll get it back to you Tuesday. These are like the specific blocks in my schedule where I'm going to do review work. If you don't get it to me, I'm not going to review it by then. So I was very, I was very strict with myself, but also with the demands, the external demands on my time and setting up boundaries and systems to make those work more efficiently. I love it. There's so this this is just so good. Going back to the comment that you made that you innovate within yourself. That's yeah. a huge I mean that's a huge concept to say when I set my mm-hmm. own goal and I and I become strict with it like you said a second ago. Yeah. Your brain automatically has to start to innovate within yep. itself. Love it. So, how have you seen that as you made this the shift from corporate over to being your own business owner? Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the lessons you learned at corporate that have applied to running your own business or even when it started as a, as a side business, right? And then compare that to the difference like you had mentioned earlier on like it, this part was the same but this part from being a corporate employee to a business owner this part's totally different from your yeah. experience give us a couple examples of that. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why I have created so much success so fast in my business is because I went through all of that like productivity, efficiency kind of training of myself before I went into my own business. Because I learned the skill of staying accountable to myself. And I think because I had that, it was easy to move it into business. And I think that's one of the challenging parts of working for yourself. There's nobody looking over your shoulder. You're your own boss, which is amazing. Right. And not amazing because (laughs) nobody knows if you get things done or not. Nobody cares except you. Right. And so being really accountable to your own self. And I really learned, I developed a deep sense of self-trust with myself because once I decided this is what I'm getting done, I just knew I could count on myself for following through. So that's where some of those skills really moved over into my business and have served me so well because I can create at such a high capacity. I don't have to work a ton of hours in my business and I don't, and I do that very much on purpose. And I still, I have boundaries around that. I know I didn't leave my corporate job to create a different job and yeah. go back and work all those hours again. So I'm really conscious of that. So I think that's where they, they work really well together. Yeah, I love it. The personal accountability. And I certainly see that when I'm obviously great people that are an employee. Obviously, they have that, the the really, really good ones, they have that either way. But Mm -hmm. that's often one of the things that people have to learn and develop once they start pursuing their own business. That's one of the benefits along with money and the additional revenue. 
the self-growth that comes with that is one of the best benefits of entrepreneurship. And I think that's a piece of it is that personal accountability and that personal trust. I love it. So how about what what didn't correlate? What do you think? (laughs) So let me just add on to this. The other thing I think that I had trained myself before I moved into my business was being focused on results created, getting things done, accomplishing things versus in the corporate world, we call it just butt in the seat. Like I'm not just spending time to spend time, but there's there's something that's produced in the time that I'm spending here. So that shift, even though it sounds very slight, is one of the biggest things, one of the biggest shifts that I ever made in my corporate job. I'm responsible for results. And that has served me. I can't even tell you how well that has served me moving into a role, the role as an entrepreneur. Wow. I love it. And I yeah. hear you talk about that sometimes where so often time and money we generally just conflate those two. Oh, it's just time mm-hmm. and money. It's time and money, yeah. time and money. <laughs> yeah. And and you're the one person that's like, well, you can think that, but I, I separate those two. And it sounds yes. like that's kind of what you're talking about, that concept. Yes. Yeah, totally. So that was really helpful for me in my business. I think it's been one of my power skills, honestly. The thing that's different is like when you're working for somebody else, the somebody else oftentimes directs what you're doing. and you're a lot of times just following through on that directions. I mean, you you know, many of us have some autonomy in creating some um, goals and some projects. But at the end of the day, you're not responsible as an employee for the results in the business, for right. like the money and the marketing and all of that, the client creation. You're kind of shielded from that as an employee. And that's the big difference between moving from an employee to an entrepreneur. When you're an entrepreneur, you're still an employee in your business. So being an employee, you know, it's great to have that experience. You know, what it's like to be an employee. But the piece that I see people really struggle with is the entrepreneur piece and understanding that as the entrepreneur of the business, you're fully responsible for the results of the business. And that means clients. It means money. It means the marketing. It means all those things, all the business aspects. So true. So true. There's no buffer between you and the results. No, <laughs> there's not. <laughs> and there's uh, there's a certain amount of unknown associated with that. But then it's also really, I think, I mean, it can be pretty empowering. Totally. So yes. I I love that part of it. So what do you think? What would you tell? Let, let's go through like a couple steps where if somebody came to you that was I mean, basically just had an idea that said, here's kind of what I'm thinking here. Here's what I want to pursue, especially in online. If it's an online business, like you're the queen of online marketing is of of all the royalty I've met. So you're the queen of online marketing. If somebody just has an idea totally in the baby phase of a business, help them get started. What either thoughts or guidance or ideas would you, would you start with? I think number one, really important to to pick a niche. And many people in your audience might not know what that word means. It's basically just the group of people that you decide to help. So it's picking that group of people with, with online business because there's so many online businesses now. And you and I talked about this before we even hit record. 
But the Euro, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics is predicting that I think it's by 2027 or 2028, there's going to be more than half of Americans, over 50%, will have a side business of some sort. And many of those will be online businesses because the barrier to entry for those kinds of businesses is very small. We need a computer and we need internet access, basically. And that's it. And you can start an online business. So there's a lot of competition for the online business space, which is great. It's it's awesome. But we also have to be able to differentiate your offer, what you do, the work that you do in your business from the other people in that online space. And the way to do that is to think about serving a very small group of people, a very targeted group of people, and helping them with a very specific thing. One of the most common mistakes that I see new entrepreneurs make is trying to serve way too big of an audience and trying to serve them with a too big of an offer. Like instead of like they want to help them transform their life. Well, what does that even mean? And it's going to mean so many different things for so many different people versus a transformation could be something that's as simple as I'm going to leave my corporate job and start an online business. That's way more specific. People are going to understand what you're talking about and you're going to get way more traction way faster than if you're just trying to do this big, vague thing. So that's the biggest thing is picking a very small market and finding something they really need help with that you can help them with. Hey, you knew I was going to pop in here at some point and take a break in this episode with Neil. So let's wrap up part one of this episode and spend the next week thinking about a couple of things. First, what is the value that you bring to the world? And second, what would you do with more free time in your life? Those are great things to think about. Partner on that. I'll talk to you next week with part two with Neil Williams. Hey folks, one last thing. If you have not checked out the Retire Confidently program recently, you really need to. We have drastically changed the cost associated with that program. So to go to teltonhall.com forward slash program and then click sign up and then put in the discount code podcast, podcast, all caps. You're going to be blown away at the price that you'll pay for what a program that could massively change your retirement outlook, your confidence towards your retirement, and make thousands, ten thousands, even hundreds of thousands of dollars of difference in your retirement. Don't miss this. Take advantage of it right now. Teltonhall.com forward slash program. Click sign up. Use the discount code PODCAST in all caps. And for the price of, I mean, the less than a pair of basketball shoes, less than a really nice dinner out, you can get access to a program where we've seriously tried to give you every tip, every trick, every piece of education, every strategy that we can to turn any angst you have about retirement into confidence towards your retirement. Check it out. Teltonhall.com forward slash program. I am super excited for you. Your future retired self is ecstatic for you.